0: right back. Today on the Scott Thompson show on 900 CHML. All right. We want to bring in Ian Lee, uh, Ian Lee Sprott school of business, Carleton university, uh, sort of a change of topic uh, for Ian, because we've been talking about uh, more and more in regard to the second plane issue uh, for the prime minister. This came up over the uh, last day or so. And uh, there's been a lot of uh, the word hypocrisy and hypocrite has been used uh, quite a bit on both sides of this with uh, Andrew Shear, I guess, uh, Uh, bloating up his insurance credentials, now finding out that he's a a dual citizen with the uh, United States of America. You know, that used to be a good thing. (laughs) Apparently now it's a bad thing. And, uh, of course, uh, on the other side with... uh, uh, the Prime Minister uh, talking about climate change and and selling that as a, a major plank in his platform and we find out using two planes and And Michael Tobe mentioned that this had has also happened in the past with his past campaign. It's odd that it's coming out now and it didn't come out then uh, perhaps again because there's so much discussion around climate change and the Prime Minister has made this such an important platform in, uh, in his re-election uh, and then to have somebody Flying around with two planes when the others only have one. NDP just got theirs; they only had it for the month. I think the election was for uh, the election period is forty some odd days, so they started out with the bus and the train, and then eventually uh, got the plane. Justin, he's rocking two, two planes. And when asked what the second was for, um, it was to transport transport stuff. I guess Trudeau still goes with the press on the plane, but the staff goes on another plane and gets things ready for him and. You know, the props and the tickle trunk and in the canoes and the socks and I don't know. Um, but does that fly when you are pushing an environmentally sensitive agenda? To talk more about all of this. Ian Lee, Sprout School of Business, Carleton University. He is with us now. Ian, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. My pleasure. Does this, Are we making too much out of this? The guy's rocking two planes on a campaign. Do you need two planes on a campaign trail?
1: Um, that I, I have a different take on this. Um, I do think it's important. But not because i 'm not going to go down the hypocrisy road. I mean, my goodness me, all politicians are hypocrites uh, on a regular basis, from all political parties. Nobody has cornered the market and has a monopoly on that but i 'll explain why I do believe, and this is i don't think anyone else is making this argument um we've been told um by all the political parties to one degree or another that climate change is real. we know that, and that our we 've got to change we know that. And we have certainly been, it I think, it's been very clearly articulated that it's not that difficult, that we just got to put our will to it. The only reason we have these problems is we haven't put our mind to it, and we just got to put our shoulder to the wheel, you know, and have a carbon tax here and a little bit of nipping and tucking there with car use and maybe some carpooling and magic abracadabra we're going to solve climate change, at least in Canada, or solve the GHG emissions problem, and meet our climate, our Paris Climate Accord. I, why I think that this, is, this trivial little story is so important at another level is it reveals how profoundly difficult it is going to be hmm. to restructure everything in the Canadian economy. I do not fault the Liberals or any party of flying on airplanes. We're an enormous country, second largest on the planet Earth, and it's the only practical way to move in big distances across this country. I'm not talking going down the street or going Ottawa, you know, half an hour to the burbs. I'm talking going from one end to the other. You fly. That's just a reality. Mm-hmm. And it's so convenient, and it's so fast and so quick. And sometimes you need two planes because you've got stuff, and he's got stuff. I don't challenge that fact. But what it does demonstrate is is this idea that we can just snap our fingers, you know, make a few changes? Sure, sure, sure. You know, a little bit of carbon tax here, and you know, a little bit of uh, regulations there, and abracadabra, we're all going to be gone, uh, and and we're going to address the problem, and we're going to get rid of those pesky emissions, and we're going to meet our climate accord, and no fuss, no muss, no bother, and no suffering. This is a giant fraud, Scott. I'm sorry, but it's a fraud. You look, we're 80%, all the countries of the world, but especially the Western countries, 80% of the totality of their energy comes from uh, fossil fuels, principally oil and gas. And I mean by gas, natural gas. There's no, uh, my students are doing presentations right now on airlines, and they've done all kinds of research on this very question. There is no serious substitute for aviation fuel. We can talk about algae and biomass. It ain't happening. It's not viable. It's not sustainable. Likewise, automobiles. You know, I talked to diehards on this. I said, who is going to stop driving their car at minus 25 to go get their groceries in January or to take their kids to the, to the, to the hockey game or, the, or the, the swim practice or the ballet practice? We drive cars not because we're horrible, bad people that are trying to despoil and rape and pillage the environment. We do it because there's no good alternatives. We heat our homes. Fourteen million homes in Canada, according to StatsCan, another six million buildings, high-rise buildings, schools, hospitals. And this idea that somehow we're just going to go poof and electrify everything is just nonsense. Is it going to happen? Yes. Over 50 to 100 Years, not ten, not five, not snap your fingers. And so this little story, this seemingly trivial little story, is an example of how profoundly difficult Mm. it's going to be. The Trudeau entourage and the liberals didn't do this because they're trying to despoil and pillage and destroy the environment. They did because there's no practical alternative to moving people around the country quickly, except on airplanes. And sometimes you have to use two. Or more. And, and that's the reality of this story that we're not talking about. We're talking about the hypocrisy. No, to me, it's the barriers to switching from fossil fuel products and technologies and transportations to non-fossil fuel. There are no good, yes, electric cars are out there, but they don't have the range of gasoline cars. That's why no one's buying them, not even environmentalists. And this is the story we should be talking about. They are peddling. All the parties are peddling snake oil to us. That we can do it really cheaply and really quickly, and no fuss, no muss, no bother, no no pain. So and will this? this is not true.
0: So, uh, and you bring up a very valid point with this, and just how hard it is to do, as opposed to the hypocrisy. Will this open up a greater discussion, uh, and and hopefully moderate the extremism?
1: I'm. I don't think it'll moderate the extremism on both sides. I, I've talked to some. I mean, you know, I'm in the university, and so. Um, you know, we have debates and that sort of thing, and 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 there, and I assure you, there are extremists out there. Well, how and do I mean, the extremists I,
0: justify the two planes then?
1: Well. <laughs> because they're not running the campaign that's the quick answer i i I really mean that the people running the campaign are whoever they are and i don't pretend to know their names they're professional politician types backroom types and they're looking at this as a very practical logistics problem i got to get the leader uh from this city uh city a to city b and i got to get there in the next two hours because we have a campaign event uh two and a half half hours from now and i got to get the media because they come on the plane with us and there's all the camera equipment and all the other stuff i'm not trying to rationalize or no i understand
0: what you're saying yeah
1: i'm just saying there's no anyone who says there's a practical alternative the young swedish girl had to take a boat mm-hmm. a boat across the ocean for seven hour se- excuse me seven or eight or nine days who on earth is going to travel on a boat for seven or eight or nine days to get to europe to go to a conference yeah. uh, to, to for a prime minister's conference a president's conference who in canada it's five hours to fly out to vancouver from ottawa who's going to take the train and take three days to get out there for a campaign event it's just it's preposterous and if we don't, our hopes and aspirations are running way ahead of our technology capacity. Yes, I'm not one of these people who say there's nothing we can do. I believe there's lots of things we can do. It's not going to take place in 10 years, as Elizabeth May is saying. That's nonsense. Even the strongest, most devout people who are evidence-based will admit. I mean, the IEA in Paris, very pro-green pro-carbon taxes, said it's going to take 50 to 70 years to get off fossil fuels. So how should
0: the Prime Minister explain this? Should he come right out and say, rather than, I'm offsetting this by paying into a carbon pool, or should he say, hey, this is harder than we thought, and we should all come together and try to figure out a solution instead of using the science for our own personal political gain?
1: If he had had the, uh, I'm being very blunt now, very, very blunt, Scott, if he had the Uh, the uh, courage and the integrity of his father, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, that's the kind of thing that Pierre Elliott Trudeau would have said. I remember him. I was a young man in, the my, in my 20s uh, when he was uh, campaigning for his various terms. He was four terms prime minister. That's the kind of thing he was noted, famous for his bluntness, speaking truth to power and not giving baffle gab and political propaganda. Unfortunately, I don't think Mr. Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, has that in him. He'll give the, um, you know, the, the spin stuff and, oh, I did carbon offsets. And most people just sit there and they roll their eyes. Their eyes glaze over and they roll their eyes at that. Uh, because they know it's just a fairy tale, because it contradicts what he's saying. I mean, well, that's why he's not coming across as authentic. If instead he said, look, people, we've got a long haul ahead of us. You know, people compare it to the shot to the moon, the space, uh, landing a the man on the moon. That's right. preposterous. Kennedy announced it in 1963. Five years later, we're standing up, Four, six years later, we're standing on the moon. Anyone who thinks we're going to convert canada let alone the world into hundred percent electrification in six years is just dreaming in technicolor there is such a deep pervasive reliance on it not because we're bad people but because in canada cause that's what we're talking about it gets really cold in the winter time it goes to minus 10 minus 20 minus 30 minus 40 in some parts of the country and we've got vast distances and, and we have the smallest density in the world at four people per square kilometer, and we are the second coldest country average winter temperatures in the world after Russia. That's why we use so much fossil fuels. And, Ian Lee, i got to stop it they're there. They're telling us
0: this. We're just out of time. You bring up a very valid point, though, about uh, the, the hypocrisy as opposed to how difficult this is. Ian Lee is with us, Sprott School of Business, Carleton University. Ian, have a great weekend. Thanks so much. Same to you. Thanks very much.